We are the tide from the north. We're brave and we're bold. Defeating our rivals never gets old. Making our way to the Big Sky Conference. Watch out, cause here comes the silver and gold. Welcome back, Tribe from the North Brave and Bold to the official, unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals and your Vandal affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, Chris Hammond. Joining me today, we have the professor, Brian Marceau, joining us from Office Hours. How the hell are you, Brian? I'm doing better than the basketball team, man, so doing all right, we, we we have this is an exciting time right now, even though football season's over. So I'm doing pretty damn well. Yeah, uh, you're doing a lot better than the guy to the right of you for our viewers, uh, at least the color of his shirt. Alex, my boat boatman. Where my point? There you? it is. Man, this is hard looking like the camera trying to figure out where I'm at. There we go. Go dogs, baby. Kalen DeBoer. Kalen DeBoer era. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. I'm stealing. No, no. Phone. What were you gonna ask? What were you gonna ask? I'm, I'm just. You're laughing. two of three coaches down, right? Yeah, yeah, two of three. So, uh, Man United got their guy. Uh, Washington got their guy, and the team that fired their coach first also have their guy. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Um, but most importantly, I think it's time for everyone's favorite segment. The Mountaineer Minute, guys. We need guys. sirens, confetti. Bowl eligible West Virginia Mountaineers went on the road to Sleepy Lawrence. Up for Neil seven, Brown. Hey, the fighting coach Browns. Uh, Is he available? On the road. Well, uh, uh, he went on the road, you know, Sleepy Lawrence on a Saturday 6 p.m. local kick on FS1. No one's watching because they're watching Bedlam. No one's there because it's after Thanksgiving. The Mountaineers still took care of business. Kansas is scrappy. Going to a bowl game. I mean, hey, took care of a good business against three-time FCS title-winning coach Chris Kleiman. No, uh, Lance Leipold. That's Kansas. Chris Kleiman's at Kansas State. I think you were in Manhattan. No, Lawrence. Oh, I thought you said Manhattan. Sorry, we lost in Manhattan, unfortunately. But six and six. I watched Mountaineers. Watch out for the Mountaineers. Uh, They just won a basketball game tonight. Didn't go to that. Didn't have to. So we played Bellarmine. Are they playing? They played Bellarmine. They won by twenty. Hey, yeah, maybe sneaky pick to like a uh, a, a April or yeah. March time yeah. uh, interview. If you guys haven't heard of Bellerman, yeah, Google it. <laughs> yeah, they don't like to dribble. Uh, anyway, no, yeah, you know, dribble. I mean, we've only lost one game this year was Marquette in a, in a preseason tournament after blowing a twelve point lead. So we're going going strong there. Um, but bowl season, look for us either in the Liberty Bowl, the Guaranteed Rate Bowl in Chase Field, maybe the Texas Bowl. In Houston, that's where you're going to find the Mountaineers, guys. It's bowl season. Like, like this is an FCS show now, but like, this is my favorite time of the year. I love bowl season. It's Wake up, crazy season. Man. Watch some random game in New Mexico or the Bahamas at like 11 a.m. Eastern. It's fantastic. I don't know what else is better in life. Yeah, that's all right, hundred percent. And uh, Premier League teams looking up, MLS teams looking down. Dude, we oh. left this show last week, and I. Sad frowny face to the Weber State Weekly guys. Like Brian, I know you're not a soccer guy, but I think you can appreciate this. It's the playoffs, right? Like it's one and done. You gotta win. You're the two seed, so you're the second best team in your conference. You're playing the seven seed. The seven seed 
purposely what in soccer is called parks the bus. As in, they do not try to win. It'd be like, you know, when Idaho lost to Oregon State in basketball for the shot clock. It's like that. It's like watching Idaho high school basketball when there's no shot clock and teams just dribble out for like two minutes. Zero shots on goal for the entire bit of regulation and Mm. overtime, and they win Mm. in a shootout Mm. in advance. The lamest way to watch your powerhouse team lose is a superiorly inferior team literally go, you can do whatever you want. We're just not going to try. We're going to take a 50-50 coin flip at the end. End of the day, great strategy. It worked. But, man, what a waste of, like, three hours of my life. It's like watching the Seahawks every Sunday. Mm. Yeah, it's, they have the fourth overall pick. Oh, yeah. wait. They, the Jets have the fourth overall pick. Well, let's be honest. The Jets never pick anybody valuable. I'm not worried about the Jets being ahead of us. Well, no, they have your pick. Oh, yeah, for Jamal Adams. Yeah. We're avoiding the elephant in the room. Yeah, here we go. Anywho, uh, let's get into the coaching search, y'all. All All right, we kind of came to you guys, hashtag AskTub. So we got some candidates you guys want to hear about, um, some topics you guys want to hear about. So we're not going to do exactly like read out everybody's question, but kind of use it to drive some of this narrative. So we're pulling that up more middle to late pod. But today we're planning on talking candidates, rumors, stuff we've heard because we keep getting asked like, what have you guys heard? What have you guys heard? Uh, and then also we're going to talk a little bit transfer portal and obviously what you guys want to hear about um, as well as we time permitted. Uh, but right now we might be doing this for a while. So I kind of want to start, you know, real quick with you guys on this. How you guys feeling about the time period? I mean, bro- story broke 12 days ago. Uh, Paul coached his last game 10 days ago. So when you put it in those terms, it hasn't been all that long. But it's sure as hell starting to feel like a long time when you see programs like Jacksonville State make their hire. When you're seeing programs like LSU snatch other Power 5 job coaches, USC. Like, you're seeing some movement here. UW, Wazoo's got their guy. They went the interim route, something that we kind of said, depending on how long the athletic department knew about this, they probably should have given like Luther Ellis or Brian Reed or an interim route to prove it. Wazoo did it. Now they have their guy. So we're kind of sitting here. 10 days from the last game, 12 days from knowing he's gone. Where are you guys at with the timeline on this? Brian? I did Well, I researched this because I because the athletic department is saying nothing, and we've contact. I have contacted the athletic department. They're purposely saying nothing about this right now. I was concerned because the same thing you talked about, Chris. I mean, Terry essentially went on record with Stefan Wheat that she knew Paul was going to be fired around – the Eastern game. I mean, she didn't directly say that, but she did all but say that in the Lewiston Tribune. Researching made me relax a little bit. The Big Sky timeline for hiring new coaches is recently, essentially between December 1st and December 17th. The latest recent hire and under normal circumstances is Troy Taylor, December 17th, 2018 at Sacramento State. A lot of other recent hires are December 1st and December 11th. Notably for us, Bobby Houck, 2018, he was hired December 11th. And Chris Ball at AU was hired uh, December 11th, 2018 for the 2019 season. So as long – that would fit with getting between December 1st and December 15th. You know, December 15th is early signing day. So if we can get early December, we're still okay and we still fit within normal big sky timeline. So I'm, I'm relaxed. I'm choosing to relax right now, but that timeline is approaching pretty dang quick. Yeah. 
Boatman, I know you, yeah. you kind of would have, I think, think we should have be maybe further along or at least hearing more. What are kind of your opinions on it all? Yeah. Um, early signing period, National Sign Day is up here in um, 32 days. 15 no, days. 15, 15 days. days. Yeah. 15 days from t- today, right now, from yeah, tonight. If you're, if you're listening, um, 29 or 14. No. Jeez Louise. Thir- 13, actually. 13. You are just a mess. Anyway, um, uh, yeah, na- so early National Signing Day is new within the last few years. Brian and I did some research on this. 2017 is the first season of that. Um, and we started to see a shift, kind of a paradigm in how hires have been going, especially at the SB- FBS level. And I think everything will always trickle down, right? Uh, Texas Tech was a prime example of this. They're still bull eligible, but they fired their coach, Matt Wells, who was Utah State's old head coach, back in like early November, uh, not too like not too long before we fired like Petrino was let go. They made a hire while the season was still going on to hire Joy McGuire, who was an assistant at Baylor. And that guy has been there actively recruiting. They made that decision so he can go be there actively recruiting for this early signing day. And from what it's looking like, it's paying off for um Texas Tech on that front. So we're starting to see programs do that. I think, like, you know, because we saw we, – we've even tweeted out, you know, Tubbs has tweeted out, guys were getting offers from the old coaching staff at Idaho. It's like, so who are they talking to? What's happened to them? What's going on, right? Like, I don't know who's still employed at Idaho. I don't know who's responsible for talking to recruits right now. Um, Idaho State, when they reassigned uh, Rob Fennessy, um, they left on – I can't ever say his last name. He's been there for a long time. They're recruiting coordinator assistant head coach FIFA, FIFA. Um, uh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Anyway, but he stayed on on that staff so he can keep recruiting. I don't know if we've done the same thing. So I'm starting to get a little more concerned on like what's happening. I know we're talking about the transfer portal later. Current guys on the team have no idea who their head coach is. Um, guys that we need to try to recruit. We don't. They don't know who what's happening. Um, you know, and from what has come out since. You know, it's come out that Paul was let go, or is that it sounded like the athletic department was working on this well into October? Like, that's something that we didn't even know um, when this happened. So, like, what's been going on? Like, it's kind of all quiet on the Western front right now. And either they're doing a great job of keeping it really quiet um, to make sure nothing gets out, which is generally uh, sometimes does happen, or we're just kind of maybe behind where I personally would like to see us at. Um, I know you want to get the right guy, but time is of the essence. Like every, every minute that does go by, it could hurt us because it is in home visit period right now in recruiting time. Like it's rare. Um, that's, that's a time you want to capitalize on. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get more nervous tomorrow's December 1st. So maybe if we don't hear anything by end of this week, early, this early next week, I'm going to be really worried. Let's just say that. Yeah. Uh, all right, my take on this, I'm the recruiting guy, right? Like, I really love recruiting. I follow it. Martin and I are kind of the big dudes on that. This does worry me because, like we touched on, uh, 2017 is when this kind of early signing period took place. Before that, you had until February 5th. Like, you had almost till Valentine's Day to get a coach in. Bowl games ended. The national championship was, like, literally 27 mm-hmm. days ago. So, unless you're, like, Alabama and Nick Saban left you to go to Miami, I know it was, didn't happen in that order, but, you know, example you know then maybe you're pushing the clock we have to get time around and do recruiting but at that point you're winning a title you're probably recruiting with with recruiting and signing from within um so yeah it's a little worrisome 
I know I've been reaching out to recruits to schedule like our friends at the Weber State Weekly did for you guys. Some like recruiting profiles on like some kids that might be reaches for us, guys in our zone, maybe some guys below that might be preferred walk-ons or whatever. I have a couple of those uh, lined up, but I get the same question every time. Like I haven't heard from Idaho in like a month. And so it's worrisome. Uh, I do agree. I think it was Tom Kendall who said it. And I put it, there's an article on Tubbs at the Club right now kind of with a couple of our top fives. And obviously these are changing like literally every day when we hear a new rumor. So it's already outdated. I'll sorry, spoiler alert. If you haven't read it, good thing you're a watcher and listener. Um, but you know, I think it comes down to the importance of making sure we get the right coach. I think, I don't know if Tom, you're the one who said this for you, you know, he's in the chat right now, but, uh, I saw it on Twitter, all vandals. It said like, I am willing to give up one recruiting class miss on one recruiting class and over missing on the next head coach. Like patience is a virtue, right? Like that's what we're all taught. Like be patient, trust the process is the, like the thing, like as long as they get the right guy in here, I think we'll make up for it. But I, I would just kind of lamb it to what these guys have both said. That is the case. But like every day, I'm not saying this hire already wasn't important. Cause like, I know like somebody's probably like, this hire was already important. I can't get any more important. I feel like every day that goes on, it starts to feel like the hire has to be that much more like, okay, that was worth the wait. Like it can't be, we got a sneaky young dude who we thinks has a lot of potential. It's going to have to become splashier and splashier. In my personal opinion, each day we wait. Now I'm willing to give us to about, it looks like Jeff Choate was the fifth. I'm willing to give us the fifth. That's 10 guy, uh, ten days for the guy to come in, basically nine to recruit and push hard and try to get some dudes from early signing because you still do have a signing period in February, so you don't have to sign a full class here. It gives you time to evaluate who you currently have, and we have the transfer portal, which we'll touch on on guys we're losing, but also you know transfer portal's a two-way street. So uh, I, I that's kind of where I'm at on this. Can um, I jump and question yes, your timeline real quick, Chris? So you referenced December 5th for Jeff Choate's hiring, which our crack research team did just post. The 5th is Sunday. So in terms of days, this would be announced. Friday is the 3rd. Yeah. Monday is the 3rd December. Monday is the 6th of December. Does that mean you're adjusting from the 5th to the 6th, meaning announced Monday? Okay. So do you end of this week is when you're – you're ready to, to to at least be looking at that. I would say that's sure. when my panic button, like if panic buttons in a drawer, that's when I'm opening that drawer and making sure there's nothing in the way if I need it. You know, make sure it's still in that drawer. Like I'm checking to make sure I know where that panic button is. Uh, if it's not done by that following week, panic button's on my desk getting ready to hit. And once again, like if it's January 17th and Nick Saban comes Idaho, like I don't give a crap that it took till January 17th. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying is, if you take till January 17th, no. that's the higher I'm expecting. So that's kind of like where my timeline is with this. Uh, we had a great comment from Dustin Best. I'm gonna try to put it on the screen here, but while I look for it, guys, uh, it sounds like just kind of over under for you guys. Uh, higher going to be on the 17th or earlier. Or sorry, later, over, under, later than the 17th or sooner than the 17th? Sooner. It, it has needs to be, to be or think it will be? Oh, I mean, so. it needs to be. Um, I'm not sure it's going to be before that. So we're going to get to we're going to get to this in the next segment, too. I'm going to say it's got to be before the 17th, because if any of the info that we we believe we might have is correct and there are some home run candidates, we 
we need to slam those. Like if we have home run candidates, I don't care about bureaucratic bureaucratic processes. The point of those is to get the best candidate. If we've got some whales that are just interested in the job, we need to get them and get them fast. Wow, Brian, it's like you read my mind. All right, we put out a little piece, you know, like right after the the news came out about Paul listing our reaches. And we got some flack from outside of the Idaho fan base. I think a little optimism from the Idaho fan base, but realism, right? Like they're saying these are reaches, people who might be, you know, under the right circumstances would be interested in this job. Um, But we got a lot of flack from people that were saying, no way, why would this person, that doesn't make sense. Let's kind of touch some of those whales or those reaches and the rumors we've heard about them. Because I will say personally, when I released that article, a lot of these guys, I thought maybe one became a serious candidate. We're... The batting average is well into Hall of Fame range uh, if we were playing baseball right now. Brian, I know, like, what are kind of some of the – I mean, you you hit me with what whales you think are going to pop off the page to most people. Like I said, we haven't vetted everything here, guys. These are all a lot of rumors. But, like, obviously we play in a circle with people that are knowledgeable. And we're not saying their sources are. So we're not going to, like, bet our houses on these. But, like, these are not, like – Joe Schmo, random Twitter account, egg emoji. Yeah. Sentences. Yeah. Legit to set the table. Yeah. This is not stuff that's confirmed. Like when we, when I hit publish on the Paul report, Oh, that was confirmed. This is not that, but the, this is information from sources that are anonymous because all our sources are anonymous. If you don't like it, then go listen to the show. Uh, But these are, these are, this is not bullshit. Like we think there's reason to believe some of these are uh, pretty good. So whale number one, man, it's the one we've been talking about on the show as a joke under hashtag damaged goods. We we've had a couple people say and a couple people means more than one tell us that Bo Baldwin is allegedly interested in the Idaho job uh, to in a in a way that is more meaningful than our joke hashtag damaged goods ever imagined it could be. So that yeah. whale, whale number one is the whale that. We've joked about on the show forever. Uh, Bo Baldwin, Cal Poly's not Cal Poly's looking like maybe it was more ambitious than he realized. Um, he was great. At, he's one. He's one of the historically best Big Sky coaches in the modern era. I mean, probably is the most successful modern Big Sky coach the last thirty years or so. So uh, I'm. Uh, I mean, if that's the case, man, that's one of the. That's an honestly, that's a, a whale that our we've had people reasonably say he, he may be applying. I'm excited as hell. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to hit whale number two because this is one I've kind of been plugging for a while. We have heard, and I can't confirm whether we know he's, because I don't remember, applied or not. But I believe it is that he has applied. And that would be the man eight miles west that is very atomic to some, very exciting to others. We've heard Nick Rolovich has legit interest and i believe has actually came to the university and expressed his interest like we're talking about like okay you thought bo baldwin was a swing and like okay well he just took cal poly eastern washington like would he do that he's getting money he's on the beach swing you know we hit a double on that right we're not quite home but we're feeling pretty good it might lead to a run man nick rolovich was like you're zero and two and a ball's coming at you, and you have to swing. 
And man, this thing is looking like it's going to end up real pretty because from what we've been told, he likes to Palouse, doesn't really want to move. I believe he has like a teenage-ish daughter. So like they get to stay in the Palouse, not uproot her. And I believe we heard it has applied. So, I mean, I'm loving the Rolovich stuff. But uh, Bowman, do you kind of have any other whales? Um, I'll comment on those two real quick. Yeah, Bo Baldwin. Oh, yeah, we're comment. I guess we can we can have a roundtable about these. It is Bo Baldwin's ninety six and forty six in his you know head coaching career right now. The head coach at Cal Poly. Um, before that. Um, spent three seasons at Cal in different different forms, whether it's assistant head coach or running back coach or an OC. He's been the, he was the OC for three years. Before that, at Eastern, well-documented for nine seasons, um, won a national title, took him to playoffs constantly. Before that, head coach at Central uh, for a year. So uh, that's Bo Baldwin. Uh, Nick Rolovich resume, um, recently at Washington State, um, who just finished second in the Pac-12 North. Um I think that team would have been heading that direction anyway, regard like if that whole thing wasn't a distraction and what just happened. Um, before that was a Hawaii went 28 and 27 there. Um, you know, before that he was Nevada OC, uh, Hawaii OC runs the run and shoot different from the air raid. It's not the air raid, right? The run and shoots a fun offense. Most popularized by Hawaii, uh, June Jones, um, back in the Portland day there, State. Mouse Davis, um, who was at Boise, you know, in the Boise State, right? Uh, so yeah, that that's an interesting one, and and they both make sense, um, logically, right? Bo Bald, not Bo Baldwin, um, still has family in the Eastern Washington, North Idaho area. Um, you know, he's from the area. He's not from, but he's lived a long time of his life in this area. Could want to come back uh, up north here if things aren't working out. Cal Poly, right? Um, chance of fresh start. Uh, Rolovich. How often do you get fired uh, for something, um, right? What we're dealing not with, in the per- related. not football related, that wasn't a, a scandal in the sense that he like cheated or you know there was a, some shady recruiting stuff, right? It's Nothing it's the vaccine, right? It's a very hot topic of debate in today's society. Um, he worked in the state of Washington, um, and those were the state of Washington's rules. We're the state of Idaho. Um, it's very different with what uh, state mandates are. So how often could you literally not move your life at all for a, a job that requires you to move your life constantly to move to a place and coach in a place where that won't matter? It's kind of a rare to unicorn. Like this is a, it's a like, no, it doesn't happen like anywhere else. So I could get, I could get the interest. I could totally understand that. Right. Like that would, that would make sense. Um, if he's willing to take, literally pay cut from 3 million to 300,000. Um, but still I, I get it. If that's true, right. Yeah. We're just hearing that it's been interest. Um, not, you know, again, these are just kind of like rumors that are floating out there in the ether. Um, I guess another name, um, that, <laughs> that might be one that has, we've heard is interested. Um, Jeff Choate. Um, that's a name that was floated to us. Um, has some, yeah, and a pretty good, pretty good source on that one, and to, multiple to, at this point, I believe, and sure. multiple, right? So um, we don't know whether that's and Jeff Choate, right? Most recently, the head coach at Montana State, currently the assistant DC code DC and special teams coordinator. Or, I Inside forget all his titles. Forget all his title 
Texas, right? It's t- title, title, title. He's one of their top defensive assistants. Horns Don, uh, we took care of them here in Morgantown uh, the other week. Um, put them in their place, kept them out of a bowl. Uh, you're welcome. So um, that's probably why Jeff chose looking. And it's been floated to us that he would be interested. Granted, we don't know if that's he's actually interested or he he's wants an ego his name. guy. Yeah, like, or if he, he wants, wants his, his name, name out, out there, get a raise to get a raise or to put him out for another job, whether it's a DC, another power five or be a head coach somewhere else. Right. We're not sure, but these are names. Those are three names that have been flowed to us by multiple different people. People would have laughed at us if we would have mentioned in a serious light um, a week and a half ago, Chris. Yeah. Bear tycoon just described Jeff showed. I thought he did it best. It, he, his take was Jeff Choate is not, not interested in the Idaho job. Correct. He's not, not interested. So, uh, those are, those are some names, and I guess I'll, I'll, I'll tackle the, the elephant in the room. Um, it's a name that Idaho fans know well. Um, it's probably our most famous alum um, in the coaching ranks. It's Scott Linehan. We've heard differing things of he might be interested to he's not interested. Here's my take on it, and I have no – like I have no too solid information on this. If Scott Linehan wanted this job, this search would be over. And we, he would have the job. That's just my, that's my take on it. Um, and I think if you're at the university, you cannot turn down. If he came to you and said, I'll be your head coach. Give me this X number of dollars within reason. We would say, no problem. Here's a contract. And we, he would have been our head coach already. The fact that he's not, and it's taking this long tells me he's probably not going to be the head coach. That's just my take on it. Yeah. Um, my kind of just reviews on kind of what we talked about before we pass it back to Brian real quick. And then he mm-hmm. can kind of give his reviews. Uh, as the big Rolovich guy, just because, like, all right, I'm a kook. Like, most people in our chats are freaking huskies. So, you know, I deal with this a lot. Uh, you know, I didn't <laughs> like quick, how I have. Real quick, Jake Hayner, who left Washington to go to Fresno State. Is and Washington hired his head coach is now transferring back to Washington. Yep. That just kills me. I love the transfer yep. portal. Anyway, sorry, continue. Hey, maybe we'll get a, a certain uh, – God damn, what's that guy's name? Dylan Morris. We're not getting no, Brock. We're not, getting, we're not about... getting Sam Heward. We're not getting yeah, Sam Heward. Right. We're getting Brock Dylan Morris Sam. before Sam Heward. Minshew or die. Uh, you know, Rolovich, yes, it's an unfortunate situation. Uh, I didn't like what was happening at Wazoo. I thought it was a huge distraction for the for the Cougars. Uh, but never once did I backtrack on the fact that Nick Rolovich is a hell of a freaking coach. I think that's what made it so hard as a Coug fan. Like seeing all that go down was like you knew he was going to lose. Rolovich was going to be out. Like you're not beating the state of Washington, especially when the governor's involved. Like you're just not going to. And it sucked because Wazoo is backpedaling a bit from the leech thing. Rolovich seemed to be able to translate air rate to run and shoot. Interest like it was it was starting to click. I think you see that. I think the team is benefiting mm-hmm. from a lot of the work he put in. I'm mm-hmm. not saying um Dickert is a bad hire I just think that like a lot of that was Rolovich's work so that's where like I'm just gonna say you know I'd like to think here by next football season things look more normal and the football season after that more normal and more normal more normal we'll probably never get back to what it was in 2019 but like at some point the guy could coach football and like look we're Idaho man like we got to take a check maybe it's just my moral compass and I'll own this at this point, I just want to win, man. It could be Al freaking Davis. I don't care. I just want to win, baby. Art Bryles? Not that bad. All right. I am against anything that involves, like, actual violent crime, I should say. Art Bryles was cleared. 
by the NCAA. He wasn't cleared by what. And as we know, the NCAA knows all, and they're the final say on everything. Yeah. Uh, uh, where do like, we open up? Where do we open up next year? Time, I'm willing Pullman. to give somebody a shot. Imagine Idaho at Pullman next year. Oh, yeah. First game of Wolovich the year. knows that system inside and out. You want to win the Battle of Palouse? Tell you who gives us the best oh. shot next year. Football winner Nick Rolovich because they've so, beaten them. But. <laughs> so what I'll, what I'll say on the whales is I think Jeff showed is probably the least likely because mm-hmm. just based off the info we've heard. Which is wild to think because you would have thought after yeah. Scott 10 days ago, we're, we're he was the sure most Scott. likely. Yeah. And after, after Scott, because <laughs> yeah, we're Scott. pretty sure Scott's not taking the job. Like we said, I think you guys will yeah. probably co-sign my take that if he wanted the job, he would have the job by now. Like, I, I think, yeah, I think if he wanted the job and he'd enunciated it because of how connected he is with alums, everyone, if, if right. he really he wanted it, out. he, everyone would know. And the, right. the alum, like the moneyed alums would probably be pretty stoked about it. Right. Scott so out of the whales, we're going pro- definitely not probably Scott. Like we're pretty sure to Chode yeah. is least likely out of the three who could take it yeah. or could be interested. Um, thing about Bo Baldwin is not only does he have family, we were told he still has family who lives in the Cheney area. I think that's confirmed. He, yeah, he I he lived, 85% that. He lived the majority of his childhood and early adult life in the Northwest. He graduated he graduated from high school in College Place, Washington from 1990 until 2016 he was either playing or coaching at central washington or coaching at eastern washington so that's a really long time for the guy to have ties this area and very fa- very quick in nine years at eastern makes the playoffs six times five times they make the quarters four times they make the semis he leaves with a championship that that's why people like me were big on hashtag damage goods um i i would still call him a not that likely yet um, because we just don't know for sure that he has applied, but we have reasonable information pointing us to like, hey, like this isn't this isn't complete bullshit. Uh, Rolovich, I'm Chris. I'm going to mostly co-sign what you said. We absolutely know there's coach in the Big Sky who didn't get the shot, and because it's just because of the media coverage of the Big Sky is different than it is in the Pac-12, and the organization of the Big Sky is different than it is in the Pac-12. I will say, I agree with you. He should have got it. It would have it would have helped that team a ton, but. Um, he did follow the protocols he had to un- until he was dismissed. Up until that point. Yeah. Yep, which lets me know that, hey, if there's protocols that Terry tells him he'll have to follow, he he probably would. He's already done it. And, like, if we can get a good guy on a 90% discount, uh, he's got to make at least the top two, right? Yeah. I don't know how you say no. If, he, if he's actually genuinely interested, right, compared to um, other potential names you might go over here soon, like – if both these guys are interested, these are guys that you interview more than once and definitely make finalists. Or That's, it's like, or you interview two people. Like if the yeah. if, if both these right. guys are interested relative to the other guys we're going to talk about, I'd say, yeah, dude, screw the rest of the list. Right. Interview these two right. people, pick the one you like the most. At the end. Yep. Right. Fact. And I don't well, think, and I, and I don't think you're going to miss. Like that's a, like these are two can't put, mostly can't miss hires. We you know we don't know what ball would turn Cal Paul into. Um, because you know, a year and a half there with COVID, also in the middle of COVID, we're unsure of what he would have turned that into if he did come back. Um, yeah, Chris, uh, who, who I mean, you've been the one not on the damage goods train as much. Well, <laughs> you would, would you take Rolovich over Baldwin given the choice? Let's pretend they both mm-hmm. want, they both interview and they both want it. Who, who do you take? 
man, I would love to be Terry Golick and have that be my options, to be honest with you. Like, yes, I've not been on the Bo Baldwin damage goods. Like, I think he's by far our number one candidate train. I've also moved Nick Rolovich back because I thought it was less and less likely. And just the worry about the drama it would bring, obviously, I think it makes him less attractive. But, like, I'm trying to view it unbiased mind here of, like, for Christ's sakes, people said we should have hired Bobby Petrino. Like, Nick Rolovich is a better human than Bobby Petrino. Uh, I'd probably lean Rolovich. You know you but, just want to say Rolovich, Chris. You can say it. <laughs> Rolovich or Rolovich? Is Rolovich a listener? <laughs> comment yeah, if they uh, are. Uh, I, I'd probably lean Rolovich, but, like, you know, sometimes it's mm. hard to, like, look at that drama. Like, uh, that just happened. It feels like a year removed, right? Like, yeah, we're it, talking, like, two months removed Because, you know, that. we're going to be – you really got to believe in that point at the precipice of there's no such thing as bad publicity, right? Because, like, you bet your ass Nick – if Rich Rodriguez getting hired by Jacksonville State is making the front page of ESPN and – Kill getting hired by New Mexico State is making the front page of ESPN. Oh, you better believe Nick Rolovich is making a couple front pages wherever he gets hired. So you're going to have to wear that if you're Idaho. Like, that is something um, to keep in mind is that you're going to get a publicity storm. And you're going to have some people that want to beat you because they just don't like you because he's a highly controversial topic. Like, will that fade over time? Yes. But you're going to be his first job after that. Like, you're going to have to wear the blunt of, like, People want Rolovich. There will be people that root for Rolovich to fail. Uh, there will also be a lot of people that root for him to succeed. But, like, you know, let's focus on the negatives. You know, uh, yeah, I would say you might want to leave Baldwin at that point, to be honest with you. But I think Rolovich is – they're both good coaches. I mean, you're pulling straws. I, if I'm Terry Golick, I shouldn't whiff at that situation. Like, I will be praised as a savior, a pharaoh of Moscow – because I had two phenomenal options where literally I'm picking Hank Aaron or Ken Griffey Jr. Like, or Barry Bonds. Uh, yeah, actually, Barry Bonds is a great comparison. Am I going with Barry Bonds or am I going with Ken Griffey Jr.? Either way, you're going to win some games and set some records. Alex, did you hear an answer there? Because I don't think I did. I don't think so either. Rolovich. Um, I'll take Rolovich. Okay, there we go. There we go. I guess here's my thing, right? Like, um, here here's my thing is that Rolo's never been a coach at the FCS level. True. Bo Baldwin has, that. right? So, like, those are, things to consi- those are things to consider. Um, who do you think leaves you faster? Probably Rolo, right? You would think, you know, maybe he might leave you two years' time. But so that's the deal with the devil you make when you're at this level of competition. Um, so, I mean, I would probably, I would probably take Rolo still, right? Um, and a name that we're going to mention – soon here is someone who we've also under his staff is also someone who's we've heard was interested or still has interest in this job. Right. So if that's the person you can bring with you as your OC, fantastic. Like it's, it'd be an exciting time um, here in Moscow. That's for sure. Right. So yeah, I would still probably say Rolo. I think I would like, I know it's going to be controversial, but like that's the more exciting hire to me. That's like, that's a guy who's that's team worth waiting twelve days up. to announce. So yes. I moving, I'm going to answer real quick. I'd go yeah, Baldwin, but I think that the attention Rolovich would bring 
should be, even though it, you know, Chris, you said it, some of it would be antagonistic. That, that would be a positive to me. One of the things I have asked to do is fill that damn dome. Uh, I mean, we all saw NAU. Yeah, it was better senior night, but at this point, I don't think Idaho can afford to not get attention when there's attention to be gotten. So it's if free marketing for better or worse. Yeah. So no, I would, for the reasons you guys said in the inverse, um, I would go Baldwin because I do think he, I think there's a chance he'd, he'd settle now in a way that maybe he wouldn't have a few years ago, but either there's a home run uh, last whale point really quick before we transition to other guys, just so listeners know, like, Hey, we're not just like blowing steam up everyone's ass. We did learn that a whale we were hopeful about is not interested uh, or very likely not interested. Uh, Joel Thomas works for New Orleans Saints. Uh, rumor we got is just not just not happening. Not not enough money. Not going to work. NFL, and I, you know, you get a pension, right? If you're there long enough, it's yeah. hard to walk away from that. Well, and that's one thing what with Scott Linehan is he's, he's close to a pension. And right. Nussmeyer. So I guess people are also going to ask about Nuss, Casey Dunn, and Brian Lindgren. Those are names we haven't heard anything about, so we're just those were those reaches that like there's been we just haven't heard no anything. not even like a skip for rock over that right. Month. So like, we can't really comment on anything we've heard because we haven't heard anything on would love them. Lindgren and Nuss. Be up there with Baldwin and them for um, sure. Like they would or, be our or big Casey buyers. Dunn. So those are names people are going to ask us if we know anything. We don't. So that's I think we can kind of close the book on on the whales and kind of into the the More dregs realistic. of the dregs of names that people might not be familiar with that we have heard. Yeah. Which most of which I know, like it's a joke. Good, these are not yeah. dregs of names. Like a lot of these guys, well, I've, I've met, met more like it's a lot, a lot of, names. of names. It's a lot of names content. thrown at us that aren't going to be a, the splashy role of it or Bo Baldwin, but they are names that have interest. Ian Shoemaker, Brian, I know you've you've been the one that's heard a lot of shoe and. You and producer Dammer were kind of the guys who were originally on the shoe train. I know there was quite a few yeah. people on the shoe train. I know I've already coined that if we hire him, we're calling him forever salty shoe. Uh, Cause he was still on the team when he smoked Idaho and man, with that game against Eastern next year, no EB three and we get the salty shoe. I'm all in, but tell me about the salty shoe. So Ian Shoemaker Previously head coach of Central Washington for, I believe it was three seasons, did well at Central Washington. He's been at, he replaced Bodie Reeder. You remember that name, guys. He replaced Bodie Reeder as offensive coordinator at Eastern Washington in 2019. So he did the 2019 season, spring season, and then this season he was, he was resigned, but we all know off the record, everyone tells us he was fired from Eastern after the Montana State game. Um, the university didn't Eastern did not give any reason said it was a personnel issue. wasn't going to comment. We heard, you know, I mean, when no reasons given, it's easy for people's head to go to like the darkest potential reason. And we heard rumors that it was related to player interactions, but I, I spent a decent amount of time working the phones on this. I have now had three separate entities say the same thing. It was a disagreement with Aaron best on the sideline that was probably simmering for a long time, but came to a head at the Montana state game and it was overplay calling and Aaron best essentially co-signed this in the press conference. When after the game, he said, if our defense gives up 23 points against Montana state, we should not lose. Uh, sounds like it was personality disagreement there. And I can tell you that makes me not concerned. If Ian Shoemaker is actually interested, we've heard reasonable rumors that he is. 
He was originally one of the top guys on the first list Chris published with a huge asterisk as in, hey, we don't know what happened here, but I know based off what I've talked to, I'm officially no longer worried. He's not a whale, but he's a great candidate. You know, I I think he, someone like him does – I really like him as a candidate. I really do, right? Um, a couple years at Eastern, we see what that offense has done. Grand, you are working with Eric Barrier, but now you can work with C.J. Jordan, right? Like – that's that's who you're gonna work with next. Who's an up and comer cornerback in the Big Sky? Um, before that, before he's at Eastern, he was the head coach at Central Washington. So that's what I really like. He has head coaching experience. The division below, he's been up at the R division, had success there. Went. Um, oh man, I just had it. He won two conference titles in 2017 and 2018. Went 38 and 16. Um, good record at the D2 level. Um, that typical central and Eastern connection. That's the type of guys that end up being like Bo Baldwin, uh, end up being like Paul Wolf, right? Like that's that, um, that's that, that connection. That's there. the exact career path that Bo Baldwin had, except yeah. Eastern maker coached for more than one season at central. Right. So um, I, I would, I would really like this hire. Now, now that we've heard that it was more of a disagreement with Aaron best, even more of a reason why I want him. Right. Like, Stay salty. Talk, stay salty. Like that would be some, like he didn't like Petrino. Like that was well-known. Imagine what he would think about this guy being our head coach. So um, out of the list of names that we have heard of interest, this would be one um, below the whales that I would be pretty happy with. I think this is, this would be a good hire Vandal fans. Like it's exciting. I would like to see, and we know we can delegate. Like that's one of my biggest things is I want a guy who can be a CEO and delegate. He has a head coaching experience. He's one as a head coach. That's not a lot. That's a lot of fit. That's something a lot, not a lot of guys in this list do have. So that's why he would be near the top of my list. Yeah. I'm kind of one of the bigger haters on the shoemaker thing originally, but like I said, I had him at three. Like, so saying I had him as a hater is less. I would just say I dropped him almost like to not even being an honorable mention after what originally we started to think might've been the case. Uh, with the news, um, haters gonna hate. Uh, this point, shoe is like if you like Baldwin, and let's say Baldwin interviews but turns us down, like shoe should probably be your your number two guy. And I'm not saying like that's fair to Shoemaker. He might be better than Baldwin. He has never been given that shot, you know. So you know, mm-hmm. in hindsight, Baldwin turning you down in 15 years, you might look back and go, "Thank God he didn't say yes. He got fired from Cal Poly and then bounced around and blah 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 blah." And Shoemaker could be great, you know. So Shoemaker is is reclimbing my polls. This news we've heard confirming it's uh, with each person. We probably every two and a half, three days, we get a new confirmation that it was more of a disagreement on play calling. Um, makes him move up a little bit more each time. Yeah. Uh, I would say he's back in my top ten. He's not quite in my top five, but uh, yeah, I'd be if, uh, as long as we don't pick him over like Rolovich or Baldwin, he's mm-hmm. probably, you know, up there for me. We could do a lot worse. The, Hell yeah. The only, Chris, the only amendment I'd give there, because again, like guys, this is the rumor section. We already gave the preface that sources are anonymous. Where This is not like officially through, you know, any uh, administrative channels. Easily the sum of our evidence is that Shoemaker's personality, it was a personality thing that he had with Darren Best where it just came to a head. I wouldn't say it's confirmed because like this wasn't someone on the Eastern staff telling us, but it's guys who've been reliable and it's, it's multiples. So 
So I feel okay saying the most likely outcome of that dismissal was the personality thing. Yeah. Uh, let's talk his predecessor. Hmm. What do you guys think about Mr. Bodie Redder? Reader. I feel like this was a name that I mentioned like a while ago for something. I can't remember what it was. I don't know how he came up in my in my timeline here. Um, yeah, I, I think it'd be an interesting one. Um, that's a name that's been 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 mentioned to us. Um, he's now currently, I want to say, a quarterback analyst at a Offensive, offensive coordinator and QB coach at Utah State. No, he's at Auburn right now. Oh, he is? Person. Yeah, as wow, an analyst. Fake news. Fake news. Thank analyst. you, Boatman, for clearing that up. Yeah. So he is an offensive analyst at uh, Auburn um, who just fired Mike Bobo um, as their OC. Mike Bobo was the head coach that Paul Petrino beat in a bowl game. So small world. Um, there he is. They don't have a bio because that's a big school to do. But before that, he was the OC at uh, Utah State and quarterback coach for 2020. Um, year before that, he was the OC and quarterback coach at North Texas. And year before that, he was the OC and quarterback coach uh, for Eastern Washington, Eric Berry's breakout year and the Eagles' ch- uh, trip to Frisco in 2018. Um, so that that's his background. Um, I want to say also he – has been a he's been offensive coordinator for six years. Um, was at Oklahoma State as a quality control guy before that. Offensive coordinator, at a small school in Wisconsin. Um, played at uh, East Eastern Illinois, which is home of anyone know two NFL. Uh, Tony Romo and uh, what's this freaking market oh, place for the San Francisco 49ers? Jimmy Garoppolo. That one, right? Yeah. So um, it'd be an interesting hire. Uh, no, no head coaching experience, um, but been an OC at the FCS. D2, it looks like, and now FBS level. So um, we could we could do worse, like kind of a name that gets out there. That's kind of the ones that you start hearing names on that you go, all right, we we, we think that's pretty pretty reliable because these aren't names you just throw around to throw around for no reason. So I I, I would be okay with this, I, I think, but I'd rather have Shoemaker. I, I like Bodie Reader absolutely as a guy who's interested in the job. He just fun fact for us. He took over as offensive coordinator and quarterback coach for at Eastern Washington. He took he took over when Troy Taylor left for University of Utah. So just another Big Sky connection. Uh, benefit is look when he used to, when he was at Eastern, he was great. He's looked pretty solid elsewhere. He's he's moving up the coaching totem pole, as in going from Big Sky to Northern te- North Texas, to Utah State in the Mountain West, to, yeah, it's, a, it's not the same level of position at, at Auburn, but that's clearly moving up in conferences. Uh, reasonable to think that he there's a recruiting footprint he'd have that'd be pretty broad. Uh, but you're right, uh, no, no head coaching experience, so that's always going to be a gamble with anyone with no head coaching experience. But, I mean, this is another guy on our list that I'd – if we found out t- tomorrow we hired Bodie Reader, I'd be excited as hell. Now, I have no reason to think we actually will. I think but. people might go who, but then they do a little research and go, research. all right, that's all right. That's all right. Big Sky guys would hear the name Bodie Reader and be like, oh, yeah, that's a good hire. Yep. Yeah, oh, yeah. They think probably have some nightmares. This guy took, you know, Eastern 2018's offense to the national title game. Um, with next a up, quarterback. Yeah, with a back, pretty dang good one. But let's be honest, they were going probably even with the starter. Gage Gabrud. <laughs> Gubrud, man. Gubrud. <laughs> uh, was not uh, playing that bad. Maybe they don't make the title, but uh, 
it always hurts when or helps when you have uh like Galaga EV3 in the in the background. Now let's go over. We've talked about a bunch of Eastern connections. Let's talk about one of those other rivals we've got. What do you guys think mm. about Brett Peace? Moscow yeah. born. Yeah, this Montana is a little interesting. Assistant head coach. Long resume. Very long resume. Very if long. I'm glancing down, it's because I have these screens on my Couple iPad, years guys. Is a donk. Yeah. Um, you know, born in Moscow, grew up in Mountain Home, uh, played at Walla Walla Community College when they had a football team. Then he played at Montana, uh, became the starting quarterback as a senior in 86. So has history in the big sky. Uh, bounced around. Uh, looks like NFL, NFL Europe for a while. Um, arena league, things like that. Started off OC at Montana, OC at NAU, assistant head coach, OC at Kentucky, OC at Baylor, receiver coach at Boise State, assistant head coach at Boise State, OC at Boise State, OC at Florida, receiver coach at Washington or coach Pete in 2014, 15, the OC at UTEP. And now most recently, the assistant head coach and wide receiver coach at Montana. Long resume. Um, he's been around the, you know, great head coaches. Um, he's been around a lot of different guys. Um, you know, whether it's time at Baylor, whether it's his time at, at Boise State working for Coach Pete, um, and now Montana, you know, I, I know head coaching experience, but big sky experience, like, and he has been around everywhere. Uh, he's 57, um, so he's older, but he's not like retirement age yet, right? I think, I think this could be a choke ish hire. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, that type of experience going around a lot of places, learning from some people. Um, never had a chance to be a head guy. Why not us? That I, I would be okay with it. I think actually, like even though he's a Bronco and a, and a Grizz, you hey. know, I, I'd be okay. Born in Moscow, yeah, Moscow. Born, bring him home. Bring him home. We're talking about let's have some ties to Idaho. This is about as this is like the perfect Brian Marceau candidate. Actually, has zero ties to Idaho the program, but has ties to the city of Moscow. In the state. Has experience in the state of Idaho. And, you know, Brian's a Montana man, in case you guys didn't know. <laughs> hey, and he coached Sammy Akem, Samori Toure, two possible NFL guys. I mean, Akem has kind of dropped off a cliff without Akem, uh, Toure. But Toure was up also, for what, the Blentikoff this year and, like, was looking like play. he'll get drafted. Yeah. But, yeah. So, like, I mean, he's coached possibly two NFL Caliber wide receivers. I mean, I know those are Bob Stitt recruits, but like you still got to coach them. We see that all the time. We get guys in our D line, like, no offense to these guys. Obviously, thank you for your time. Like, Nate DeGraw was not Nate DeGraw when we recruited him, you know? Like, that's a lot of like Luther getting in there and getting his hands dirty. Like, sometimes it's about the coach. I think we see that in some of our position groups, unfortunately, over the years, but uh, also, fortunately, in other places. Now, Brent Peace, if he if he is the guy, and this is one of the ones we're more confident about. Like the, it, we don't believe it's necessarily just a rumor. Like we're we're pretty sure our sources say yeah, he applied. He almost made my honorable mention. The age yeah. in Montana's offense scared me, but you know, looking at it hindsight, fresh picture like this, like yeah, it's dumb that I didn't include him. And very also, dumb. Montana twenty nineteen, very good team, made final eight. They were not the offense they are this year. Uh, and Brent Peace is not the play caller for that team. So, I mean, yep. I don't know. Point against him, he's not the play caller, but point for him, he's not the play he's caller. He's not the play caller. Yeah. Pick a uh, year. Pretty, a like, on. really nice resume. He Honestly, his resume looks like if you were going to have a guy with every experience except being head coach, 
that's what you have if, if you get Brent Peace. Brent Peace has experience both at the FCS at you know Mountain West level and at the Power Five level. I mean, you are always you're always rolling the dice, like we said, Billy Reader. Guy has no head coaching experience. Yeah, let's roll the dice. But sometimes in the Big Sky, if you get a good candidate, that's what you got to do. He's also he's old enough that I would be less scared about him bailing after like if things go well. I'm less scared about him bailing after two years because hey, things have gone well in Montana. He hasn't bailed as their associate head coach, so I'm optimistic. Uh, if if this is our guy, I'm. If this is our guy, Chris, on your December sixth timeline, I'm still saying free news. That's still that is still a thumbs up if he's hired December sixth. Mm-hmm. We are not to Nick Saban has to be this higher territory if he <laughs> December sixth he fits that. Category. I think. I think we sorry, do their job. Asterisk, really quick. Oh, sorry, but yeah. with the asterisk, really quick. I mean, just based off the info we have, because obviously, like, if we have a whale in there and we don't go with him, we're all gonna, you know, we're, we're all gonna be. Yeah, it, but like presuming Baldwin, that, we turn down Bo Baldwin for yeah. Brent Peace, I'm gonna be but, questioning. But that. presuming our whales are low likely outcomes, and this list is the the more likely the more outcomes. No, yeah. no, Brent Pieces would be great. Yep, I think I think we do a better job of recruiting Idaho, right? So a guy who's in the big sky knows that. But I think also there's room to penetrate into Montana just a little bit, right? Like there's some guys out there, Adam um, Ball. You know, there's guys out there. So having a guy like this. What, I, maybe you can get some guys from from you know Helena that play here and there, right? Like maybe maybe you can find find that. And so I think that could be um, good. Like obviously we know Montana guys went you know compete in the Big Sky pretty well because they've done it for years. So I, I think Do we that go back to back Montana born coaches. Oh, I guess he's Idaho born. Ooh. Sorry, yeah, he's Idaho born. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move up uh, next. One that we've heard a lot from a lot of people. I mean, I don't know if it gets your guys' this, you know, up and giddy, but uh, Mike Cox, uh, former mm. defensive coordinator and linebacker coach at UTEP. Yeah. Um, we've heard he had very big interest in this. We've heard he had an idea this coaching job might be kind of like, I think, every Vandal fan, since he's a Vandal fan, mm. knew that uh, this one could become available. And it sounds like he's done some work possibly on his own to kind of get positioned for this one well. Um, do you guys like like where that's at? Do you like the ambition? Or is this the um, one? Because, like, for me, I'm be honest. Like, I if we were talking, like, we're in Montana State's last year, like, position last year where our coach left us and we're in a good spot, yeah, maybe this is the guy you bring in. Rebuilding program, coach that was just fired. I mean, we're talking about Rolovich being atomic. Like, talk about Terry Golick hiring a fired coach. I mean, I know the head coach was fired, and he was just on this. No, he actually, that's not true. The head coach wasn't fired. He was just let go from that staff, I believe. So that's like, I guess he's an Idaho guy. He's from Coeur d'Alene. He played at Idaho. His son's at Idaho. I just um, think we can do better, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. I wouldn't be totally disheartened if he got hired. But, like, we're talking like he would have had to have been hired three days ago for me to be, like, okay with that hire. He yeah, would, uh, he would. What I'd say, Chris, is I'm looking at his resume, and he. Good news, he has pretty varied experience in terms of location. You know, started Idaho, linebackers coach at Idaho, linebacker coach at Utah State, Louisville, Michigan State, defensive assistant with the Rams, linebackers coach University of Washington, linebackers coach for a while with uh, with um, 
it's Bob Snyder, Kansas State. Bill Snyder. Bill yeah. Snyder. Sorry, I got the B and I got the Snyder. Bill Snyder. Then UTEP is his first time as a coordinator. So like that, that's not uh, like an underwhelming resume, but he only has a couple years as a coordinator, meaning in terms of like leadership. I'd say that Mike Cox would have some work to do to sell me on Mike Cox. Mm-hmm. Now, he sounds like a guy motivated to do that. The Coeur d'Alene alums, the Northern Idaho alums, are ecstatic about that, and that is not an irrelevant metric in terms of getting fan engagement, in terms of getting money to money to the VSF. So I don't want to treat that like it doesn't matter because it does. Uh, and it's promising that he is clearly a guy willing to engage with the fan base. We could use that. Again, look at the dome seats. But I would... I, I would need I would need some work done for me to be like okay we got we have a home run here. Yeah, um, it's an interesting one. I think like if your whales fall through and your guys like a, a peas and a shoemaker fall through, not a bad hire, right? Like Idaho ties someone who cares thoroughly about the program, so that's always good, right? Like, and from what I've heard, he doesn't need to work. Like he he wouldn't leave. You know, he would only leave if things got bad, but he wouldn't like pull a Dennis Erickson on us. Um, speaking of Dennis Erickson, to be fair, like, we didn't think Dennis Erickson would pull Dennis Erickson. Well, now looking back on it, he wasn't that old when that whole thing that went down. Like he was early 60s. Anyway, yeah, I guess. Um, anyway. <laughs> um, Mike Cox, Mike, Co- Mike Cox is about as Mike Cox is about as Idaho Vandal as you could get from Coraline, one of our all time leading tacklers uh, in program history played for Dennis Erickson, played for Keith Gilbertson, and then literally coached for John L. Smith, 87 through 94, coached for John L. Smith, 95, 97, Utah State, coached with John, for John L. Smith, 98 through 02, coached for John L. Smith from 03 to 06 at Michigan State. He coached with John L. Smith for 20 years from Idaho to Michigan State as a linebacker coach. So clearly John L. valued this guy. And then after that, went to the St. Louis Rams, where Scott Linehan was a head coach. So, so what would you say with Michigan State that the players were playing their hearts out and the coaches were screwing it up? Wouldn't he be one of those coaches? Isn't that John L. Smith's <laughs> like most memorable tagline of all time? Oh, is, John L. The oh, players are playing their hearts out and the hey, coaches what's, are screwing it up. And he like slaps the, himself. What's the L stand for in uh, John L? You know, anyway, uh, <laughs> Lucifer. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that was always a joke I've always heard. But uh, Good guy. Though. Um, Good guy. Yeah, oh, John L's fantastic, like Idaho legend. So, but then he went to St. Louis Rams, and you know, Scott Linehan was there. The only time in his career that he wasn't with a Vandal at some level was 09 to 16. Then he was at UTEP. The AD is Jim Center, who went, who worked at Idaho for a long time, was back in Moscow with Mike Cox and Chris Tormey and Dennis Erickson for the Montana game. Jim Center, who's the current AD at UTEP, was back in Moscow. So he's a he's a good Vandal, right? Like, like. He's a guy that I think I would maybe like as a DC or a linebacker coach, like someone who cares about the program. Um, he, he'd be okay head coach. Like I'd be all right with it. Only if things fell through, if that makes sense. Like I think I'd rather hire a younger up and comer um, than someone like him at this moment. I'd rather just take a gamble on someone like that, but it's good to hear that guys with experience and guys who love the program do want to be involved um, and, and be back at Idaho. No, and just want to reiterate, because I, I think we, a lot of us co-sign that Alex, everything we've, we've heard is if there, if there is a candidate who's interested, who's going to do the legwork to 
to get people who are maybe lukewarm on this hire on on his side. Mike Cox is yeah. the kind of guy who will try to do that work. Right. And I know he's been I know he's been really, you know, pushing hard. So he, he does he does really want this and he would really work, I think, with a lot of boosters to to you know be involved. Um, things that were kind of lacking with Petrino. I know he wasn't the most accessible, uh, the most accessible coach to boosters like an Idaho's normally used to. That's fine. That's a certain coach's style. I think Mike, yeah, he wasn't achy, right? I think Mike Cox be more like an achy, I think, than that. Um, oh, Taylor Cash bringing up Andy Thompson in the chat. Yeah, we only wish we, we, we only wish we had news on Andy Thompson there, Taylor Cash. We only wish. Yeah, so we got we got the tubs of the hashtag ask tubs to go to. We might not get the transfer portal today, which that's all whatever. right. But uh, I'll start There's, pulling up hashtag ask tubs. We is, got a couple. Isn't there up. one candidate we want to have a quick discussion about? Oh, we've got a couple. Alleged, maybe candidate. Yeah, we, we've got a couple. I was saying, like, I'm letting people know, like, if you've asked on Twitter, we're gonna get to your people. We're gonna move fast. Uh, this is a longer one because there's a lot of information we're trying to, to Yeah, and you out. guys asked about a lot of people too. Uh, so we're trying to deliver content, 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 baby. Content is king. Uh, we've talked about discount, you know, Bo Baldwin. Let's talk about discount Nick Rolovich. Craig mm. Stutzman, a man we've heard mm-hmm. had a little bit of interest in this job, possibly even reach out to the athletic department about scheduling an interview. Um, thoughts on the Stutz? I should say he's a Rolovich dude for the people that aren't aware the of Craig Rolovich tree. Yeah. I'm disciple. I'm going to say part of it has to do with was he is, is he going to be as willing to follow the protocols as Rolovich clearly was? I don't know the answer, which also means I don't know the answers. No, but if this were any other year, if we hear a power five coordinator wants this job, then we're pretty dang happy. It's like, Look at uh, Sacramento State, Power 5 coordinator Troy Taylor wants a job. Great. Weber State back in 2012. Uh, U- University of Utah special teams coordinator Jay Hill wants the job. Great guy. Great candidate to look at. So Craig Stutzman, I'm I'm nowhere near as high as I probably should be based off of Power 5 coordinator wanting the job. But provided he was willing to do the stuff we know Rolovich showed he is to, to follow through with whatever protocols take place. I mean, this is a guy that you would probably be excited if it were any other situation other than mm-hmm. what happened at WSU. Yeah, he was a right. receiver coach at Weber from in 12 and 13, so a little big sky experience there. Receiver coach at Portland State in 09 as well, so more of a big sky experience. Um, you know, it's tough. He was a passing game coordinator for Rolovich and quarterback coach of Hawaii for three seasons or four seasons, 16 to 19, and the co-OC and quarterback coach at Wazoo for – 20 and 21 until he was let go with Rolovich this year. Um, I'm, I'm always, I'm always intrigued when you see co-OCs like who was calling plays, right? So like, I want to know maybe his experience on that. I'm not saying I want him to call plays, but I do think people who lead units and do things like that um, have led people like that always intrigue me more. So I think he'd be an interesting interview, but who knows? He might end up just being our flat out OC guys. If we get Rolovich, like this guy could still be in Moscow, but as the OC, the straight up OC and maybe assistant head coach. Who knows? Like that's pure speculation. I kind of alluded to that earlier. Interesting all, name. All well, roles. Yeah. Well, hey, this is both for Alex and Chris. Let's pretend the whale Rolovich is off the table, but Stutzman's on the table. How do you feel, Alex? How do you feel, Chris? Are we comparing like all right? So we're assuming at this point Baldwin and Rolovich mm-hmm. are right. both gone. So you're right. saying, saying no, like, no whales. Take- 
Do I take yeah. Ian Shoemaker or Craig Stutzman, basically? Do I take it Baldwin Light or Rolovich Light? Sure. Probably Shoe- Shoemaker. Shoemaker Light. I would take Shoemaker. I would take Brent Pease, and I would take Mike Cox before I took Stutzman. I'd probably go Shoemaker, Stutzman, Pease. But, like, mm, Pease and Stutzman are very, like, 2A, okay. 2B. Let me say it different. Let's just pretend we don't hear finalists and Stutzman just hit a home run on the interview. He gets the job. So on December 7th, Chris, let's just pretend there's a press conference. Happy. Craig Stutzman introduces head coach. How do you feel? Smiling. Okay. All right. I mean, December okay. 7th, I'm okay with that. December I'm 8th, right. I'm okay with that. If you get a double digits December, I'm going to be like, you know, Probably could have got Stutzman three weeks ago. He's not employed right now. That's the other big thing. Like, yeah, that would be the big talking point. What were we doing? I'm okay. I think, I think, you know, I'd be okay with it, but yeah. I think he's a guy who, once we, when we got into the season starting, if there were no distractions, people would give themselves permission to relax and say, oh, yeah, Power Five coordinator fell into our lap. You got to be happy. Yeah. Um, all right. I think uh, we have more names before we get to the conversation we might have. Uh, yeah, we've, we've got, what, two, one more. Two more? And we, we talked about. Two more. Oh, two more. So let's two go to, uh, real quick, let's hit up Raleigh uh, Lambala. Um, he, former Vandal. We've heard possibly there's interest there. Possibly he's even applied. Uh, recent player, so not a ton mm-hmm. of coaching experience. Where do you guys kind of land on Raleigh? Mm. If we miss on everyone else, like, we're going down the pack. If I had to like list my order of guys we've listed, right? Uh, I guess I would, I would probably go like Shoemaker, Pease, Mike Cox, Reader, Stutzman, then like Raleigh. Does that make sense, right? Like it'd be interesting. He played in the CFL for a long time. A lot of passion for the Vandal for the Vandal fans and the Vandal faithful. I love Raleigh. Like he was one of my favorite players to watch when I was when I was a kid. That's just kind of a weird thing to say. Um, but he made a career in the CFL for a long time, which is great. If he brings, if he brought brought in the right people, right, to coach with him, I think that'd be a fantastic hire. Someone who's really enthusiastic um, and can connect with people, um, get boosters, and get fans excited again. Yeah, I'd be okay with it. I can say two things. One, our source that Raleigh Limbaugh has applied is about as good as the source could possibly be, and I'm going to leave it there. Um, I know he's politicking. I absolutely know for a fact Raleigh's politicking for the job, which I like. My Cox is. Yeah, which I consider positive. That that means he's he knows it's important to connect with people for this job. We need someone who's going to connect with boosters. So that's a point in Raleigh's direction. I'm going to say if we hear a press conference and he's announced the coach, I am terrified uh, because of the lack because he just doesn't have coaching experience. Unless we and, heard names that were coming with him, right? Like unless we heard like so and so's OC and so and so's blah blah blah. Right? Oh, there's a world where I could be relaxed, and I again, yeah, I love Raleigh the guy. In my head, I hear him. I think I kind of hope Bo Baldwin picks up Raleigh and puts him on his staff. That's that's my response to that, to hearing his name right now. There's a world where I could be sold, but I, at, at this point, with no head coaching experience, when you look at other big sky hires, like you know Troy Taylor, yeah, no head coach, but he's been he was a successful OC everywhere. Jeff Choate, lots of experience. Brent Vegan, lots of great experience. Bobby Houck, one of the most successful big sky coaches ever. And then Idaho hires a guy with no coaching experience whatsoever at this point. Uh, I, I'd, I'd be pretty concerned. There'd be some work, work that have to be done to sell me on. Yeah. My take on this is like, I think he'd put in the work. I just don't think he has the experience. Like he is a guy that hopefully 
is one of those people that Gallic, Green, uh, Mooney, et cetera, that might be in these interviews. They are the guy, like, they're telling them, like, hey, there's this guy who applied for head coach. We don't think he's quite there yet, but, like, we think he would benefit your staff. And I think that's where he lands. I think he'd be somebody that would be beneficial to Idaho. I think he'd bring a lot of energy to Idaho. I think he'd bring some of that youth to Idaho. He understands kind of, like, we're not FBS anymore. A lot of our future, like, selling of pro prospects is going to be like the David Unger route and getting guys into the CFL, which you see Eastern do quite, you know, well. Um, he's a guy who opens up that, you know, area for you and those connections to the CFL. Like, you'd be a, a good add to a staff, but I agree. I'm not quite there on the uh, full-blown head coach job. Uh, Thomas Ford. Guy who hmm. talk about a guy who's interested, uh, liked and retweet a tweet we posted. Just all right, so we'll go over the, uh, the, the how this all came to be. We have heard that there are two private flights that occurred this weekend, um, that are that landed in the Moscow it's flight tracker season. <laughs> it's flight tracking season. Uh, one was originated from NetJets via Las Vegas, the other one was originated via Seattle. So we're looking, who are the coaching prospects in Seattle and Vegas? Now, I will go full blower and say, you know, first time this popped up, I thought Vegas was the more promising one. Um, and everybody, I think, basically held in bated breath, like, oh, shit, it's Tom Cable. Please. No. Please, no. <laughs> Please, With Mick Holt as the DC and Mike Cox as the linebacker coach. <laughs> I got to no? No, 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 not like honest to Pete's sake, hire Paul. And Raleigh Limbaugh's coaching running backs. Got it. Anywho, uh, <laughs> I don't think it was anything to do with the Vegas connection. There's another guy who's on the screenshot. If you guys saw a screenshot, uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name because I didn't try to memorize it, but it is a Samoan name or, you know, Islander name. Uh, but he has some experience at Boise State. Also, I believe at Eastern and Weber, rough pulling it off the top of my head. So we were thinking, okay, maybe it's these guys kind of reached out to a ball game. Like, hey, you cover Boise State now. Anybody good at UNLV that we, it's might worth looking at? Then it kind of came forward that like, okay, well, the whole Washington staff is basically unemployed for all intents and purposes. Um, who's at Washington? And Thomas Ford was a name we had already been hearing. So we just posed a question on Twitter of, um, you know, who from Seattle might be interested and somebody posted Thomas Ford, Thomas Ford liked and retweeted it. Brian Marceau, since you might have to jump off here soon, what are your thoughts on Thomas Ford? So he has head coaching experience at, now this might be touchy for some vandals, former head coach of our hated rival, Simon Frazier. And currently, or most recently quality control analyst for university of Washington offense. You're going to have, I think, I'm concerned because he didn't have a great record at Simon Frazier, but also I think Simon Frazier structurally is just going to suck forever. So I don't know how much yeah. you actually hold that against him. Um, moving to the University of Washington chain, which is promising. I I got to say, I he's another guy. He'd have to do some work to sell me. Uh, certainly not anti and certainly like any hire. We're going to you know look, we're going to be happy about having a guy who's motivated to be at Idaho, uh, you know, for the, for a potential turnaround, but of the guys we've talked about, I kind of put him pretty similar to Raleigh or maybe just a little bit above Raleigh. Cause there's more experience of 
it would feel like something else didn't work out. Now, if I hear Thomas Ford is on the staff of the next Idaho coach, I, I'm going to say home run. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I think he's a guy to bring a lot of energy. And I've heard from – well, I mean, Boatman will talk on this, I'm sure. A lot of former players really seem to like him, and he's most known for running a seven-on-seven camp in the Seattle area. So there's that added thing that he might benefit some recruiting in the Western mm-hmm. Washington region. Yeah, and, and also, I guess we can wrap this up quick so we can maybe get something in before Brian has to leave. Yeah, um, before Brian leaves. Yeah, yeah um, you know, good recruiter probably, has good connections. Um, I know he's trying to get on a staff somewhere, whether it's an assistant like in an Eastern or maybe uh, an Oregon. So I think this guy will end up on a staff. I'd be happy. Like we could do worse probably. Uh, I mean, under the radar higher that I think could end up weirdly being okay potentially. Um, but I would maybe like to see him first as like an OC um, or uh, OC recruiting coordinator type of type of level at Idaho. I'd be okay with that. Like actually pretty okay with that. Or maybe like an OC, like a position coach recruiting coordinator. I'd be I'd be probably pretty happy with that. Um, yeah, so I guess we can kind of move it on to one of our last segments here. Yep. All right. Let's get Dude. into it. The big oh Brian, go ahead. Go just, ahead. just the thing I think it'd be worth be going over really quick is um we know that there's a lot of player support for every player we talked to all year has or that we've heard from mm-hmm. has liked Luther Ellis. We have never heard anyone say anything negative about Luther Ellis. I, I love Luther. Like, one of the best yeah. people I've ever met yeah. in my whole life. So, we're not saying Luther has applied, guys. But just a question, because there are players on the team who really like the guy. There's lots of vandals who like the guy. Um, what, what would be your take if you guys found out Luther Ellis was being considered for the position? I I would – so, I, I love Luther. I actually think it would be a good head coach, right? Um, people always would ask if Paul was fired midseason, who would have taken over as head coach? I think Luther would have been a good shot for that. I think you get into a weird dynamic of, well, wait, he's a part of the staff that was just fired, right? And he That's was not even a coordinator. For Terry. Yeah. And so it's a weird dynamic. I, I think Luther would be great. He's a good recruiter. Um, he has that unique ability to command respect while also being, while players loving him. That's a rare thing to have for a coach, right? Like to fully long, like just love him while also just you walk in a room, you pay attention and listen. Um, always a smile on his face, great energy. Um, yeah, I think it'd be an interesting hire. I think like I would, I would take Luther over some of the people we've mentioned here tonight. Um, personally, you know, I wouldn't take him over the, our whales or maybe the top of our, we know was interested list, but I would take him over a lot of those people. I, w- I would have to say. I love. I hope he's on staff. Like he was on the names that I mentioned. I hope stays on staff and some form, in some capacity, um, at Idaho. Like whether it's D- DC, whether it's D line coach. Still, I would. I would love to keep Luther. Like he's one of the people you have to keep around, in my opinion. Yeah, I think, and then I'm gonna have to jump off, guys. I, I just think the like Nick Weber just said. Uh, it, is it different than the class hire if Luther goes to the search vetting? I think how the catastrophic failure of the Zach Kloss hire makes us just a non-starter. Uh, doesn't mean Luther wouldn't be a great guy to have around. Doesn't mean we don't value his time. But like I, I gotta say, of all the potential hires we could have, I, he wouldn't be my last for sure. There is some experience. There is some absolute um, value in what he's done to with Idaho. Also with his sons playing at Idaho, 
but he would be pretty far down on my list, which might not be fair relative to his actual ability and his actual potential. But we, if Terry dips down below and look to hire Zach Claus, he, she dipped down for the number three assistant. If she dips down below coordinators to hire the football coach after doing that with Zach Claus, Oh, I think there'll be a revolt. I, in, amongst alums, I, I which really sucks because think... I think yeah. he actually is probably yeah. better than a lot of people who maybe I've yet to um, see anybody really hate the Luther idea. Well, I that's mean, I, yeah, I, I, I absolutely have. I that, but that's why I say I don't think it's fair to what his actual ability might be. But I think there's just no, there's just no way. Like this, this has to be a reset on the last four years. And if Luther's hired, then it clearly is not a reset. I mean, it's a reset, and it would be his team if he's hired. But for me, my, again, this might not be fair to Luther. I would be, I, I would be out on that right now. And I gotta speaking of out, I gotta sign out. I'm gonna listen to the rest of it. Talk to you guys later. See you, Brian. All right, boat. Uh, I'm on the Luther train. Like I said, like not taking him over Rolo, not taking him over Baldwin, not taking him over Choate. Hell, I'll be straight up. I'll take him over Shoemaker. One interesting. I don't know if I would. Head coaching experience, like I said, I think I would rather see Luther as a DC first. I think it'd be a. It's kind Shoemaker, of a radioactive yeah, central. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would put him in that Brent Pease like level, right? Like I would be happy with, but I do. I think Brian's right. I think it'd be kind of a. Uh, I, I love Luther. I think he'd be a great head coach. Honestly, I do. It'd be just an interesting, an interesting dynamic. I don't know how people would feel about it, um, mm-hmm. but from everything I've heard from boosters, from fans, from players, everyone loves him. And I mean, yeah, I, I, I players love him right now. Like you know, we've heard that players want him to get the head job. <laughs> like they just keep things on rolling. Um, you know, it'd be interesting to see what kind of staff he would assemble. Um, you know, he was never in charge, so he had to answer to his bosses. What would happen if he was the boss? We don't know. So my big thing on why I'm okay with Luther, why I I, I just want to get this point across. I know some people have heard it because they listen to us, and they just, you know, are probably tired of me preaching this. But ladies and gentlemen, like, we've talked about the importance of hiring a defensive coach. I just want to reiterate this point because everybody loves the shoemaker idea, the Bo Baldwin idea, the da 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 da. They love these freaking ideas. I did the research on this from today back to 2010 when Eastern won, and I haven't gone past this yet. Can you tell me how many offensive coaches even made the FCS national title game? Brian or Bowman, what's your guess? So that'd be what? That's 11 years. 12 years, 11 years. Maybe like so that's 22, five. 22 teams. Okay. Seven. Lower. Four. Lower. Two. Aaron Best and Bo Baldwin. That is it, ladies and gentlemen. You have Willie yeah. Fritz who did it with freaking Sam Houston State. Defensive guy. Jacksonville State, defensive guy. Brock Spack at Illinois State, defensive guy. Bo Pelini at Youngstown State, defensive guy. Casey Keeler, defensive guy. Chris Kleiman, defensive guy. Matt Enns, defensive guy. Craig Bull, defensive guy. Mike Houston, defensive guy. I guess, like, 
people. You want to? Are we here to win titles? I know we need to fill up the dome, but I think we all agree winning will fill up the freaking dome. I just think that people get too caught up in this like offenses are pretty offense. It's true. Offenses put butts in seats. Defenses win championships. That is still true today. Nick Saban. At every level of football. Every real level quick, of football. Real quick, Chris. You, you look at the top four released today in the FBS college football playoff. That was released a couple hours ago. Kirby Smart, number one, Georgia defense. defense. Number two, Jim Harbaugh. That's the exception there. Okay. Yeah. But his team is known for physical Off, smash mouth football. He's a right? Not, not spread. It's a trenches guy, right? Yeah. Number three, Alabama, Nick Saban, defense. Number four, Luke Fickle, defense. Pete Carroll was a de- is a defensive guy. Defensive guy. Bill, Bill Belichick. Belichick's a defensive guy. Like most of the greatest coaches of all time, I think Vince Lombardi was a defensive guy. Yeah. Um, mostly greatest coaches of all time. Remember, I'm not saying right. that the offensive guys are bad, right? No. We've but had you a can conversation get an about mind to be your OC because defensive yes. guys, unlike offensive guys. Go get metal. Go get go get Bodie Reader to be your OC again, right? Like, yeah. He doesn't have. He's an OC. Go get Thomas Ford to be your OC. Hell, you know what guys, I mean? We're talking about Shoemaker being a head coach. Shoemaker is unemployed. I mean, he doesn't have a job. We pay, what we the pay hell our OC. He won't come to Idaho to be the OC. We can. And we pay our OC more. We pay yeah. our OCs more than Eastern does. So like, there's no way. Like, we could get Shoemaker and a defensive guy. We could hire Jeff Choate and get Shoemaker. We could hire. And I know, like, I've been preaching Rolovich. I'm saying right now, though I like the Rolovich hire, guys like Andy Thompson and Jeff Choate do get me more excited. Because I, I do like that Andy defense. I wish like- have, I've heard. So, for the people who know, Andy Thompson, defensive coordinator at Sac State, played in Montana, defensive coordinator at NAU for a long time, still a young dude full of energy. We've, like, radio silence. I don't know if he's interested. I don't even know if no he knows there's an opening. I think he is I don't know. focused on the Jack. playoffs. He's just so, a name that we we identified as Tubbs of the Club Search Firm, LLC. Um, yeah. And good point. Mike would, Cox is a defensive guy. So, right? All right. Mike Cox moving up a little bit. But, yeah, you're right. I'll tell you this way. Would I rather take Mike Cox over some of the, like, retread offensive guys that have been thrown around? Hell, yeah. Hell, yeah. Yeah. I but, probably would, too. I mean. But that's, so, so that's kind of my take is, like, when people are like, oh, I really want shoe. I really want this. I really want that. Like getting a guy like Brett Pease, defensive or I guess the offensive guy. Sorry, like a guy like Jeff Choate, Jeff guy like uh, Andy, a guy like uh, who the hell were we just talking about that brought up this whole thing? Um, Luther, like guys, defense and defensive coaches win championships. Offense I think they have. I think they have the ability better to um, offensive guys. Really, They're better brands. Um, yeah. Oh. Offensive Mike guys Leach won a ton of championships, guys. Tons. I'm a coog. Did my Tons audio just change? By the way, we're, we're producing lights. My audio just changed a little bit. Okay. I didn't catch anyway. it. Anyway, so we'll move on from change between. But Let's no, I think defensive. Guys, I think defensive yeah. guys make. I, the reason I like defensive guys or special teams guys is I think they have the ability to step back and appreciate the big bigger picture of what's happening in the game. Right. Versus offensive guys, as we've seen the last few years, can get caught up in their own play calling not going what's the best for the situation in the game right what's best for time management where are we going we, i want someone who can delegate and lead as a leader and be a ceo and i think sometimes defensive guys have the propensity to do that better and yeah. i don't know why that is because i think it's they they react versus they don't control the pace of the game 
they they react. They let their offensive, you know, they go whatever the offense is doing. So you hire a good defensive guy to be a CEO, hire a good OC, a D guy can go put his hand in all the pots, let the OC take care of that. And you go, all right, sorry, we're putting. Like, that's what we're doing. They go, shit, all right, I guess we have to because you're the guy, right? <laughs> Versus like, screw that, we're going for it, right? Like, we've seen that happen the last few years. We've seen what happened when you're, you're, you're as a head coach who calls your own plays. Sometimes you can kind of lose sight of the bigger picture of a game. And we've seen it lose us some games probably. Honestly, like maybe like versus Eastern on the red in 2020 or 2021 in the up there in the spring, right? Like times we should have gone for it and didn't because maybe we were not paying attention to the right stuff. That's yeah. just my my thought on that. I know it's long-winded, but it is what yeah. it is. All right. I don't want to get this much longer. That's basically all it can't be at. I think we're pro Luther. I know that and it's not again Brian is pro defense. Brian just he is worried, not even worried of the optics. The fact that both of our Terry's big hires would have been from previous fired staff, so we don't know where we're yeah. going with volleyball yet. So it could be all three of her hires. It's just not a good look outwardly. Um, I think you fix that if they win. That's just mm-hmm. something Klaus hasn't done. And, like, I'm and not we're not even saying Klaus that, against Luther. And we're not even saying that Luther has applied or we're just saying yeah. we we just have heard a lot of people go like, well, what about players Luther? really like him? A lot of people have asked us, what about Luther? What about Luther? Players, you know, we know players like him. We know former players like him go, would Luther want it? That's just kind of the conversation we wanted, want we wanted to bring that up. So, But who we've knows? been downplaying Luther wanting it. And we will say we've heard a little bit more. We've seen more smoke. We have, still haven't determined if there's fire. That's a great way to put it. Like before we thought there was like a little bit of like maybe it was steam. There's some smoke there now. But we haven't seen any legitimate fire to that. All right. And we heard at some point he might he might not want it. So it's tough to go yeah. back and forth. We just touched on it. All right. So one of our better listeners, but he's a Grizz fan. Uh Manchester United FC in mile high. A deep dive. Oh no, no, MCFC. He's a city fan. All right. Anyway, sorry. I, I just I, I just love that he even is on the deep dive thing. A deep dive on Saban and Belichick. BB, Bill Belichick, would bring some energy back to Moscow and would love mm. a Tubbs take on this. I think we touched on it. We love defensive guys. And like I said, if this hires January 17th, you're looking at my top two names right there. It's Bill Belichick and Nick Saban. Uh, that's all I have to say about that. That's all that you co-signed. All right. Black Sparty Pants, Bo Baldwin. We've touched on Bo a lot. Scott Linehan. Is he really interested in the job? Would he li- leave Missouri to come home to Idaho? Is he the front runner, or at least the true front runner with Vandal ties? Tom Kendall asks this. I also saw him. This was on Twitter. He's been going live with us in the chat today. Mm-hmm. For those of you that watch on YouTube, for those of you listening, now you know. Um, talking about the Idaho ties. So let's touch the Idaho ties as a whole here. Other than obviously uh, Raleigh, um, Scott Linehan, Doug Nussmeyer, Brian Lindgren, Casey Dunn, and we already kind of touched Joel Thomas. So we'll leave Mike Joel Cox. this. My, well, I am Mike Cox, but like the four guys we really haven't talked about. From what we've been told, Scott had the most weight. The other three seem like very not interested. I think Lindgren just saw with the Jonathan Smith race, he's probably getting raised. I think Casey Dunn realizes they're fighting for a possible odd playoff spot, depending on how things break. They might win a national game. title. Like they, yeah, could, like, they if they win their game, they're in probably. So they're probably playing for a national title coming up, maybe. Yeah. So like. Would we love them? Absolutely. They'd be mm-hmm. the biggest two whales. I would take either of them over Bo Baldwin right now. But um, I don't think it's happening. They, I think they 
they're not an OC. Like we talk about Troy Taylor and like when I talk about pay cuts and getting a Pac-12 C, Utah wasn't advancing. Utah wasn't bad. They weren't good. Kyle Winningham wasn't going anywhere. So none of those jobs were become available. I think Troy Taylor just saw, you know, what do I do here? I think Bo Baldwin saw the same thing when he left Cal. It's like they felt trapped. I don't think Lindgren and Dunn feel trapped in their current positions. I think yeah. Scott Linehan would love to be a head coach, but I think he's really trying to make a pushback to the NFL. Um, yeah, I, I I don't think there's any any waves to Lindgren or Dunn as of today, right? That being said, yeah, Linehan was the one that had the most weight that was a maybe. And like I said earlier, and I think we all kind of agreed, if Scott Linehan wanted this job, he would have this job. We would not be talking about not having a head coach right now, in my opinion, because he's an analyst at he's an analyst at Mizzou, right? Um, he's an he's an analyst, so he can kind of leave when he wants. Doesn't have to worry. Like you don't have even though they're going to a bowl game. Like who cares? I remember his name was thrown around for the OC job at the Jags uh, when Urban Meyer got hired, and someone was mentioned earlier NFL pensions. He's really close to his NFL pension. Um, it just kind of depends on if he wants to come back and and be, you know, have that scrutiny on him. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't want to be head coach. Maybe he's it's fine being an OC or being a quarterback coach or an analyst and just like you know collecting his paycheck from Jerry Jones still because he's probably still getting paid from that, right? So huh, I, I I don't think I think that one point there was smoke. I don't think there's much smoke left at all any at, anymore. Now people are going to ask, well, what about Matt? What about Mike, his two kids who have played at Idaho? I think there's maybe more smoke to Matt um, because any one of these current head coaches, right, could easily well pull Matt back as a quarterback coach. That, that, that's not – Matt's a GA at Mizzou right now. He was a GA at San Diego State last year, or Mike is still a GA at a linebacker GA. Like, that's not an unreasonable step to go from a GA uh, to a quarterback coach at an FCS program. Um, so, I mean, that I think that is more likely – it's to see Matt back in Moscow. That's just pure speculation. I don't know Jack on that. I don't really talk to Matt a whole lot. Um, you know, but I think that at this point, if I had to say what's more likely between Matt or Scott being in Moscow, it's Matt. Um, because you just never know if someone wants to give him a give him a job and right. why you turn oh, down your sure. turn down your why you turn down your first job and back to a place you lived for five years, right? Or four years. So yeah. That's that'd be um, tough. All right, and then one more. Well, we got one more. It's basically on coaches. Uh, Jason McIndoo. This mm. is from Tanner Gooch. Uh, O-line coach at Wazoo. Or, sorry, he was an offensive lineman center at Washington State. Played three years in the NFL. Coached at Montana State for 12 years. Has been under Casey Dunn. Well, not under, but working with Casey Dunn. For the last seven at Oklahoma State, coaching tight ends. And what they call mm-hmm. cowboy backs, so fullbacks. Um What's Jason Mac, uh, McIndoo do? This is a guy we haven't heard any rumors of. This is just strictly we no. asked you guys. Who Someone you want asked. To talk about. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, it'd be interesting. I think he'd be a sneaky good hire. I'd take yeah, him over be... a couple of the guys we've listed today. Maybe. I mean, he's forty six, so he's still young. He's like that Jeff Choate age. He just hasn't bounced around a ton. Um, originally from California, did play in the Palouse, did play for the Seahawks. Uh, started actually at Mountain Spokane and Lake Washington coaching. So Seattle and Spokane for high school. I mean, 11 years in the big sky under Rob Ash, who Montana state fans will bash, but they forget that he had them as a top five team perennially. 
<laughs> so, Jack without Rob Ash before that. Yeah, yeah actually, um, been more successful with Rob Ash than they are with any of their coaches since. But don't um, tell Montana State fans that. Yeah, they had, um <laughs> any anyway. Um, I think it'd be an okay hire. Rob Ash okay that like. <laughs> Actually, he wanted this job in 2013. I know. I did hear that. We turned him down. Yeah, we turned him down in 2013. And Montana State fans will be happy. For PP. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But anyway, back to McAdoo. It'd be interesting, you know, played at Wazoo, knows the Palouse, you know, coached in Lake Washington High, coached at Mount Spokane, then, you know, Montana State for 11, 12 seasons. Been under Mike Gundy and Casey Dunn for quite a few years. You know, he's also a guy that, you know, people go, oh, he's better be in the national title hunt. Well, he's the a position coach. Those guys leave for jobs when they get him. Not, they don't stay, right? Um, it'd be an interesting hire. I'd be, I'd be okay with it if I did some more digging and maybe heard some things. I think, I don't know if you have any more ask, uh, Tubbs questions, Chris. Questions, not coaches. Um, we won't be touching. We'll say, things. right, like when it comes to these hires, there's a lot more that goes into it than just these resumes. Like Bo Baldwin can interview for this job and have a shit interview. Like that is possible because like guys, come, guys who are prepared will come in with plans, recruiting plans, their detail, how they see this program going. Like that's a good interview. Like, like someone like Bodie reader could come out of nowhere with a Zimbabwe. fantastic interview. Right. Raleigh, Thomas Ford could be well they prepared. They these- need the press. Yes. Versus maybe like someone like a Bo Baldwin can go, my resume speaks for itself. And not saying that's what Bo Baldwin does at all. I'm not saying like, that happens. Terry's from Wisconsin. She's like, I don't effing know what you like, I've just you, seen you at Cal Poly. You know? But like, you never know, but you never know who is going to come in there and just murder an interview. Like that, like that, like that, that does happen. I think today, like Virginia Tech hired uh, Penn State's DC. People are going, who the hell is that? Why did that happen? And, and on surface level, it's not a flashy name, right? They were in the running for Dave Clawson from Wake Forest. They were in the running for Billy Napier at one point, who went to Florida instead. Um, there are some flash. Hugh Freeze was mentioned to Virginia Tech at one point. Flashy names. Said this guy from, from Penn State was identified by the search firm. They did their research on him. They checked references. They did all that stuff. He probably had a killer interview with great plans. And that's what does it, folks. Like, like we will not be in those rooms to tell you who interviews well. Right, right. We don't know. Like Mike Cox could be planning this interview for like the last year and a half, and he could just kill it. We don't know. All we know is what we've seen them do on in previous jobs, which is all we can go off of. We don't know what they're going to give an answer to to people like Scott Green, to people like Terry in interview process. All right, and then real quick, Justin and Bertram, uh, forget coaches. What offensive and defensive schemes do you want to see brought to Moscow? Um, defense. I mean, I think we've been recruiting at the 3-4. I think our defense hasn't been an issue other than secondary. So I'm totally okay staying in the 3-4. I'm more of a 4-3 guy myself. Uh, but I do think the way our secondary has been playing, maybe a 4-2-5 wouldn't be the end of the world, especially now that we're thinned out a bit at linebacker. But I'm be honest, I'm going to let the new guys come in, play with the transporter, put their own stamp on it. Offensive-wise, as long as it's not the triple option, man, I'm okay with it. I what love version of the triple option? What version of the triple I'd, option? I'll take Georgia Southern's triple option. Okay, Co- Coastal Coastal runs a version of it, right? Georgia Southern yeah. does too. You're saying you don't want academy. I want triple the spread option. triple option. I want the, if we do the modern spread triple out of, option out of pistol with with jet motions and things like that. That's yeah. a lot different than 
You don't but want I academy still would prefer... No one runs academy triple option anymore unless you like have ties to those schools. You want you want my pick, dude? Run and shoot, and that's not even just me plugging Rolovich. That's a system that equally is basically whether people admit or not a 50-50 run scheme pass game. Like it is, it just gives off the impression of high pass numbers because it's that same concepts of an air raid system. It's more vertical, but it's still than grounded on uh, on the run base. Yeah, it's more vertical. It's more vertical. The air raid's a lot of duck. Run and yeah. shoot is like, you know, yeah, you're gonna get more chunk plays, which is something you're I don't get out of one. So it, I guess that's my pick. Shoot. Dream situation. I'll take a run and shoot, and then a four three. But I think so, Idaho maybe needs to stay at a three four shift to a four two five. So tight ends and fullbacks don't exist in the run and shoot. Just let you let you know um, they run transferred out. They run 10 personnel. When I say 10 personnel, that means one running back, zero tight ends, right? The first identifier in any personnel is a running back. Second's a tight end. Run and shoot runs exclusively 10 personnel or doubles or just complete zero. five wide, right? Or zero personnel. Um, that's what they run. That's that's the that's exclusively the run and shoot. Sometimes you might see them in a 20 personnel, maybe with like two backs, but it's an out of shotgun the whole time. You're never under center. Um I just want whatever system. I hope you get a coach who can uh, adapt what we currently have in personnel, bring in his own. Like, I just don't want someone to be like, this is my system. It's my way or the highway. Get the, get the hell out. Right. I, I don't want that. I want someone who can grow and adapt. And I think I'm doing this right now with Manchester United, Chris, right? Like soccer, there's a lot of different styles and systems, right? Hey, you and me and, both. And we just started to employ like a higher pressing system, which is something we don't do. But it's not that's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take time to build that into into fruition. And even people go, well, well, football is a lot like you have off season to prepare. Still, you only get fifteen spring practices. You only get about three weeks of fall camp. Like that's all you get in pads, folks. Like that's it yeah. um, to implement a system. So I would I would be okay with a running shoot if it was determined we have the right personnel for it. Um, I'm not yeah, sure. We got if, a lot of wide receivers right now. Might even keep, and we have trail. a lot of running backs. I, I, I think Might even keep going some to of these quarterbacks. We have some decent quarterbacks right now that I are probably waiting right more. now on bated breath to see who we bring in. I tell you what, we bring in the triple option, even if it's the Georgia Southern one. Mean man, I think CJ and Giovanni McCoy could run that pretty well. I don't know if CJ and Giovanni McCoy want to run that off. Zach, you know? Zach Boris season. Dude, um, Borish would be Borish would eat. Boris but, would be walking in day one. Hey coach, I'm your guy. Don't even look outside. This I think room. I would I think I would rather turn back actually to what Petrino's offense was. I don't think it's bad pro set single with, back with Matt. With yeah. Matt, Matt, Matt ran, when we had Matt at quarterback, we ran a lot of a lot of eleven and twelve personnel, but more under center, um, with some mo- with a lot of motions. We kind of went away from that a little bit when we went to Mason, offense. right? West Coast. So, yeah, I'm go back to the West Coast. Give me the West Coast. But anyway, I mean, that's that's. Yeah. Uh, well, let's get to our last question and get out. You're nor there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last question, and then we'll let you guys all off the hook. Although we got like thirteen listeners, so I mean, I guess people want to listen, but people we don't want to keep talking. Uh, Connor Lindstrom. How many years does the new coach get to turn around the program? Are winning seasons enough, or is it playoff or bust, Alex? Um, I think you know it's gonna go year by year. I, I if you go look at our schedule next year, sure we're losing guys to transfer portal. Sure we lost guys to graduation. We have a there, we have a good chance to push six D one wins next year, Chris. Like I think that six six should be like the like the goal, right? Like. Seven's like a stretch goal. Like if you're a company, you say, 
Our goal is six. It's, it's a tough goal to meet, but I think we could do it. I think that's possible. Turn your definition of turnaround, you know, they're going to get a couple years. You know, they're going to get some time to get their recruits in. They're going to – most places, I will say, folks, give coaches three to four years to put their stamp on the program. It's kind of like your first two years could be throwaway years. Not throwaway, but discount a little bit. Uh, culture year, building, yeah. Year three, you hope to see some – you. You know, you're th- especially if the program's completely toast, which ours isn't. I would say year one, you could go, okay, we could be a little here nor there. Year two, you want to see some growth. Year three, you would expect to see a lot more growth and a lot more change at that point. I would say three years before I would kind of go, eh. Some will usually give four before they start questioning hires. I would give us year three to, but next year, look at our schedule, folks. I mean, Drake, NAU, Northern Colorado, you know, Idaho State has a new coach. Portland State, who knows what they're going to be. Eastern is not the same Eastern next year, folks. Like they are or in the dome. The, they haven't won they in the are dome since 2012. Not the same. They are losing so many pieces. They reload, but like Davis they lose in the dome. Davis, who knew who knows, like they aren't as maybe good. Like there's some we could winnable literally games. after Montana, we could one, two, three, four, five. We could go on a six-game win streak. Or we could lose half five. of those. Like that's like what this I mean, who True. knows, right? So like but there's winnable games there from what These are we've both seen. Our first I three games after our winning. money games are winnable games. Like those, yeah, we, those are we, us going into Montana in Wagris. We have a bye week before it. We should be three and two. Good shot. To we be should three lose to Wazoo. We should lose to Indiana. Beat Drake. Beat NAU. Beat Northern Colorado. We should be three Five. and two with th- three FCS wins. Bye week going into Wagris. Then probably Portland State for homecoming. Week and, after you know that. What, we probably don't beat Montana in Montana. We'll get to that when we get there. Beat Portland State. Beat Sac State will be difficult. Uh, then beat Eastern at home. Beat UC Davis at home. And then beat Holt, or Idaho State for the third straight year in Pocatello. Third straight year four. playing in Pocatello. That's seven, that's seven and four. That's right. Playoff. So I think I think that is playoff. Give ourselves you're, a choke game. Because you're at seven D1 wins, right? Yep. Um, but I think six is I think six is a a, a Definite goal for this team next year. Well, five would be an improvement. Five's an improvement, right? So I expect expect to see some growth and turnaround year one. Um, But I I give three years. My my final answer is three years for this person to definitely see like Idaho is pushing to be like a UC Davis or Sac State. Like that's my, that's my answer. Idaho is not in a position like a Sac State, I think where we can do the Troy Taylor route. No. And, we're so bad we can fully commit to somebody for seven years and just back what worst case scenario we lose one of our eight donors you know like <laughs> uh so we're not gonna be able to sign sack state or troy taylor to huge money in a seven-year contract this should be a four-year contract by a five it's probably be a five-year five. contract most most of these end up being five idaho fans are gonna have to get used to the fact that we might not win right away now i'm not gonna say i was lying i think we just touched on it a lot of people know I very famously have been plugging away for last two years that 2021 was going to be the year that we saw the Vandals turn around. Now, the 2020 schedule got pushed to 2021. I was talking specifically that schedule we just went over with you guys. That's the most advantageous schedule we've had since probably year yes. one in the big sky. Yes. So we are set up to do well in that. We'll have C.J. Jordan as a sophomore. We'll have C.J. McCoy or uh, uh, Giovanni McCoy as a freshman. We've got a 
freshman coming in from Scottsdale. We've got Austin Webb, who's a gray shirt. Boris, out of Boris Waco. is still around. Boris is still going to be around, you know, pending how the coaching decision goes. But we think we're going to hit a freaking home run here, and they're all going to want to stay. Like, this schedule is set up to see improvement. Now, 2023, everyone just got to be ready to take a step back and maybe get a check of reality because I think we could be one of those teams that gets the benefit of our schedule next year and probably mm-hmm. outplays what our record is. Sac State. Which like, we'll take. Like Sac State this year, right? Yeah. Like 9-2 and two Sac State is not probably – Yeah, yeah, it's probably not 9-2, and two, right? Like if Sac State had to play Eastern, had to play Montana State, and had to play Weber – any two more of those teams, they're probably seven and four, not nine and two, and winning the conference. And yep. and and Eastern and Montana fans love to complain about that right now. Like they love to be like, "Well, Sac State's played nobody." It's like, "Well, sorry, that's what happens when you play in a thirteen-team conference. It's gonna happen. Like it, it is gonna happen." I mean, yeah. And, and and we catch Eastern next year, Chris. Like in the dome where we haven't at lost the best one, as at the FCS best team. at the best time that we could have caught them. Like yep. we catch them at home. Like they're going to be okay. Or Baldwin, somebody with a little uh, salt in the wound, is where they're going to they're going to be okay. But they lose, you know, their best running back, their best receiver. Yep, Merritt's gone. They're two of their best linebackers. Their best their best DB, Lemu Jones is gone, and their best player, the man who makes it all tick, Eric Berry, is gone. Like they like. Not saying this is it, but Eastern fans openly admit it to us like they're ready for a tougher year next year. Like they're like they're expecting regression. So yeah. damn it, let's go win that game. I'll just say here's my my take. I was getting on them. We'll get out of here. Most coaches, you see the biggest change of what they are probably going to be in year three. I said that last week, and I'll stay with that. And we saw it. Yes, Rob Aiky won the bowl game in year three, but that was when everything came to fruition, right? Paul Petrino only won four games in year three and then year Massive four improvement, won nine. But I think we see what was a Paul Petrino team. It was a four-win team. He won what we four wins in five seasons or five years of four wins. Year yeah. three, I think, is where you get to kind of see who your coach and that program is going to be. So I would say four or five-year contract is a must. I think Vandal fans are going to get a very exciting 2021 where we'll probably be very overinflated, and I plan on pumping people down in 2023. That 2022 is probably going to get a lot of people excited regardless of who we hire. Paul Petrino probably would have a 6-7 to seven win team next year. Yes. Probably why he was hoping he could survive. But probably five wins, but we probably would have probably tapped well, out. We just touched on it, four to five. That's his we probably would have tapped out at five wins. But, yeah, yeah I but mean, there, there's set a up. chance and to then, 2023 expect a bit of a drop off and then 2024 that's the year that's like what we do in 2024 is what you should expect from this new coach and if it's or so year three 2024 year three if he sucks you only have one more year of the contract and you get a look elsewhere if he's I mean, doing no- good you extend and you don't extend five or six freaking years you do a three or oh. another four-year contract you can't have another achy or paul petrino where we sign them to these Unrealistic what? contracts because we're fearful of losing them. Lose you them. You don't want to be Mark Stoops. Do you see Kentucky? Do you see what he did? Do you see that contract? Mark yeah. Stoops at Kentucky, folks, got an extension in 2027. Automatic one year kicker if he wins seven games. Ugh. To add on, if he wins 10 games, he gets an additional two years. And they're playing for their 10th win of their bowl game. So it's going to be an automatic kicker to 2029 if they win their bowl game already. Like that's a that's a lifetime contract for being average. But I guess if you're Kentucky, like that's the SEC. What can you 
What else can you ask for besides going to a bowl game? Yeah, I guess so. if you're Kentucky, you're happy with seven to ten. But wins. that's a that's a funny. I mean, 2024, yeah. Chris. Also, we don't see Montana. Um, yeah, that's for sure. That well, we were expecting that maybe that's the year we get 12 games again. That's probably gonna be our OOC, but we'll see. I've checked; they've already Rumors. used all four, but that's they tough. have, but we haven't. Yeah. So we'll see what uh, happens on our 12. So but anyway, but yeah, but yeah. So, I mean, we get no Montana in 2024. That's when they get off our schedule. Um, so anyway, we'll see. But yeah, I mean, next year is an advantageous time for a new coach and a lot of excitement to to win six or seven D1 wins, which this team has not. Folks, since 2000, D1 wins six or more in a season. Idaho has done that three times. Actually, yeah, three times. Okay? No. 2010, 2009, 2010, we won six and seven that year. And really you Did I miss that? I, I said since 2000. It. Since 2000. Okay. Yeah. And then 16. Okay. So be fired up for six D one wins, folks. Like that's like that's we haven't done that done that three times in twenty one years. Yeah. All right. Well, that was around the bar brought to you by Hughes River Expedition. If you're looking for a great all inclusive week long vacation, don't look past your backyard. Venture in the large protected wilderness in the continental United States, located right here in the great state of Idaho. Enjoy a multi day trip down the middle fork of the Salmon, the main Salmon River, no return the Salmon River Canyons, the Selway, or even check out special trips like going to see the Perseid Meteor Shower, camp on pristine beaches. Run amazing whitewater, hike scenic trails, spot wildlife, and soak in beautiful natural hot springs all along the river. And boat, fish some of the more remote, most remote stretches of the river in the country. Bring your clothes on the HRE handle the rest. Hughes River Expedition has been vandal owned and operated since 1976 and ready to take you on the vacation of a lifetime. What are you waiting for? Find out what it's like to grab a paddle, catch dinner, and ride the bull all throughout the gem state. Call them now at 800 262 1882. Check them out at heusriver.com. All right, that's it. Long Let's one. get out of here. Next week, everything will be turned upside down again, and we'll be talking all about a whole new litter of coaches. But, guys, keep them sending. We'll keep talking about them. Like I said, we posted an article today that's already outdated because, like, literally between the time that got posted and we went pregame, some of you noticed that we went long. Like, news is flooding in all the time, which is – I know people are frustrated. We're all frustrated, but it's a good thing to see that we're still getting news. You know, like there's wheels are turning. But there wasn't this much news like yesterday and today. Like yeah. a lot of this today news was is, a big I mean, day. Today was a big day. Some of the news that you know on people that we listened today, we literally got like we talked pre-show Minutes. and that's when we had it. Like, yeah, that's when that's, that's when why it was we done. went long. Yeah, and uh, so I mean it's it's coming in. I mean again, a lot of these are not very. I mean you know, not a hundred percent confirmed, right? Like, like when, when Brian, nothing hundred percent, like what Brian so, you know, sourced on, on Petrini and let go. That was hundred percent. Let's put it this way. The stuff that made us really wait, like lean into the Petrino thing. It's kind of like what we've all said. We've all had speculations. He was gone. The rumors we started hearing that held water that we decided to look into more that hold water thing is where we're at with these coaches searches. Like we have some real contacts that are holding water with some of these. We need to start leaning in and doing our research and figuring out if they are indeed water holders or if it's just, you know, like a pond or something, but I don't know <laughs> if that analogy plays, but that's what I'm rolling with. We have gotten, and we'll see what news. happens. We plan on learning more and we will be back next week. Same time, same place. So you guys can hear all about it. Maybe with some basketball and hopefully with some transfer portal. But hey, coaching searches are exciting, and hopefully it's the last one we have to do for like 
don't know, 10, 15 years. That'd be pretty cool. But all right, that's it. Time for the best bit. Now I keep doing that. It's time for Colby a cuff to play his oh. drinking team song. Go Vandals. Hey, hey, go Vandals, guys. So raise your glass and have a drink with me. Here's to the Vandals and the craft. I'll just out there living the dream. Part of one and only Moscow drinking team.